Well, hello, this is Heidi Barnes, author of The Bellman and my recent release, The Bellman Secret. And I'm here with best-selling author William Searles and his latest book, The Crown Lord. Wonderful to see you recently, uh, William. It was great seeing you in Albuquerque as well, Miss Heidi. <laughs> We're at the Winter Institute, surrounded by many wonderful authors and publishers and so uh, and booksellers, of course. And actually, we learned something very important, didn't we, about the supporting your local um, bookstore? Uh, we did. Yeah. It's not certainly great to get their support and it's nice to give them their, our support back. Absolutely, because we're we're all in it for the same reason, the love of books. And uh, so that was really fantastic meeting all those wonderful people there. Speaking of the love of books, can you tell us a little bit about the Bellman's Secret? Yes. Well, the Bellman Secret, it, it's a series. And so the first one was the Bellman, and it takes place in the late 80s in Maine, um, right on the rocky coast. It's just a stunning location. And it's the young man just graduated high school, has all these dreams and aspirations, as we all do after high school. And he stumbles upon this job as a bellman in this grand manner in. And his life goes topsy-turvy, and he's after this girl. And uh, so it's really a lot of fun because you have eccentric guests and odd staff. And, and the Bellman's Secret is a continuation with a love triangle and international guests coming in. And it, it's a crazy environment, um, which I wanted to remember because I it was my family's in. And nice. I went for seven years after uh college graduation and so it's a lot of fun and it's deep you know close to my heart and so it's kind you know, of crazy. I've heard a lot of authors say that there's no such thing as a fictional character and obviously when you're writing about something that's so close to home being your family's in do you find that you there's a little bit of someone you know in each character well maybe not well probably each character yes there would be and I can't really say I'd have to re sit and think um, back about every character and why I pick that and why, you know, I'm sure there's something ingrained in my brain that brought those characters to life, mm -hmm. which is true of all of us. It's about our life experiences and uh, people that we knew along the way that we wanted to bring in. And you have to have diverse characters. Absolutely. And with the Crown Lord, how did that come about? I was actually inspired to write The Crown Lord uh, during a stint in federal prison. Um, I was a Grammy, former white-collar criminal, and I was bunked with an African-American drug dealer from Pittsburgh. And I guess you could say we're from two different sides of the planet. And when you get these two types of characters coming together, just about anything's happened, or anything can happen. And to make a long story short, uh, we had learned to ignore our differences and focus on what we had in common, and we became very, very good friends. And through him... I had learned, though I always have my suspicions, that though whites and African-Americans both live in this country, we live in two different worlds. And I promised him that if I ever made it as a writer, I would create a story that put the racial shoe on the other foot. And I was blessed to have a little bit of success with my first book, The Reason, about six years ago. And I looked him up a couple of years after we got out and realized that he had been killed. And that, uh -huh. Yeah, that gave me a little bit of inspiration to get going on the story. It took me a little bit out of my genre. 
But at the beginning of the story, there's an invasion that happens back in the 1800s that frees blacks, enslaves whites. And the book takes off modern day, except the setting is like a Jim Crow South with the whites being the minority. Wow. Well, I started to read it and I'm going to, I found it fascinating just getting into it. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to it. And I know our books are very different, but it doesn't matter because they're just two totally different types of books. True. Um, different audiences enjoy. That, that is correct. Mm-hmm. I, have a que- I have a question for you. You mentioned characters coming to life. Do you find that in your books, they don't end the way you planned on them ending because as you get into the story, the characters start telling you what to do? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I get that. Yes, because when I start, you know, putting pen to paper or typing, you you don't know where you're going to go. You think you're going to go one direction and all of a sudden you're just going in another direction. And often when I reread my work, I say, God, I don't even remember writing that. Because you just get in your world and it goes where it's going because the characters do take on a life of their own. Yeah, it's funny. I've had people ask me questions, similar thing to you said, uh, you know, where I came up with a specific idea for the, for a plot. And it's funny you mentioned that. I, I don't remember because I think sometimes you get so immersed in the story that you're just like, like a, you're a willing but slash unwilling participant, you know, in, as your characters take over. Exactly. And I'm just curious, what is your favorite part about being a writer? You know, I just like the solitude. I like being able to sit there by myself with no distractions and I can go anywhere I want to go. And there's, I'm just immersed in my own world and I can create whatever it is I want. And you, it's sort of a form I find of meditation because you, you have no distractions. And uh, what, what you, about you? Um. I like interacting with readers. And I'm fortunate to be able to get out on the road quite a bit and listen to uh, you know, how the books impact their lives and questions they have and who their favorite characters are. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. it's always nice you know, to, to have readers that appreciate the work and um, you know, fielding questions. You know, a lot of questions you don't know the answers to, even though you're the, you're the author. But uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun interacting with the readers. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Well, it sounds like you've gotten out on the road a little more than I have. Well, it's fun getting out there. you have any plans to be on the road? Any book uh, signings ahead? Well, I will be going to uh, back to Vancouver, Canada, where I lived for a number of years. Uh, I'll do a book signing there. I'll do one in Maine where it takes place. And I haven't been there back there in a number of years, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And one in San Francisco, one here in L.A., and I'm not sure where else. You ever thought about having an event at the end? I did think about having an event at the end. Um, My brother, one of my brothers owns the place right now, and he, uh, because we sold out to him, the rest of the siblings, and he rents it out as a house now, as a full house, rather than operating as an inn. And it's really booked, apparently. Every summer it gets booked up fast. So I don't even know if I could get in, quite honestly. Hmm. I, yeah, and he'd probably charge me double anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What is your least favorite part about being a writer? My least favorite? Um, it Really, I can't think of anything. I love it. I know it's time-consuming, hours and hours, countless 
Um, that so it takes you away from doing other things. But other than the number of hours, really, I I can't think of anything. Do you use an outline? I write down little notes. I don't really use an outline. I write down notes about what I want to include or little snippets of stories um, that I want to touch on. But I don't go from beginning to middle to end with an outline. I've tried that before, uh, but it doesn't work for me. And even if I did do that, I, I'd veer off course because, as you said, the characters start taking over and developing mm -hmm. the story. So I do attempt to do that, but I'm just not very successful at it. Do you? Um, you know, I, I try to set out an outline in certain scenes that I definitely want to get done or certain things I want to accomplish throughout the story. But, uh, you know, as we already said, uh, the characters kind of take over and the things go in total, totally different directions. And it's funny you mentioned earlier, you go back and you, know, you try to figure out where you know, you came up with a certain idea. I think many times I found myself asking what the heck I was thinking when I, when I wrote something. So, I'm a writer's block. Oh, writer's block? Uh, well, I don't know as if I'd call it writer's block. It's more, sometimes if I run out of ideas, I need to talk to people and say, oh, can you, you have any thoughts on this? Um, um, you know, I just need ideas. And as soon as I get an idea, then I can take off. So I don't know as if it's really writer's block where you sit there and think, oh, I can't write. You just mm -hmm. need something creative. And sometimes you just need um, provoking from somebody else, you know, an I idea of uh, a new thought, a new direction, because you want to keep it fun. I mean, not fun necessarily, it depends on the book, but you want to keep it interesting. Page turner. So you have to want to turn the page because if you don't want to turn the page, then your readers aren't going to want to turn the page. So, you know, it has to be stimulating whatever, you know, how you keep the story going. I normally write my endings first. So my characters kind of already have an idea where they're going. And uh, you know, obviously those endings still end up changing because the characters take over. But, uh, right. Yeah. I just kind of let it go. And uh, it's, it's important to me to get off to a good start and then kind of know where I'm going in the end and, Whatever happens in the middle happens in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's sometimes as writers, we uh, don't fully appreciate the fact that everything we write is a, is a pearl of wisdom or you know, the next pearl, Pulitzer Prize. For one of you authors, or will be authors, do you have a group of friends that you show your work to that can honestly critique it? No, I don't. I, I, I could do that, but I, I have not done that in the past. I just write it and then I send it to my editor. Mm -hmm. And critiques it. So I've I've just written it because you have to also. I think it's good to get um, friends' advice, but you also have to be careful that you're not influenced too much because everybody has a different opinion. Mm -hmm. So I prefer just to write on my own and nobody see it except for my editor, and then he can put me in a different direction if I need to go in a different direction. That's what I prefer because I just would be afraid that if I showed it to friends, they'd say, oh, you know, do this, do that. Um, but I, I hear that works beautifully for a lot of people. I just don't want to be influenced um, in a direction that I'm not comfortable going. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people do do that. Is that what you do? 
I normally go on Facebook or Twitter and go to my existing fan base and say, hey, I'm looking for you know, a handful of advanced readers to take a peek at my next manuscript and you know, give them two, three weeks to read it and take notes and all that other good stuff. And then I slowly go back in. And you know, I think everyone interprets you know, certain things differently. And if one person doesn't like chapter eight, you know, it's no big deal. I think look at it. If one person doesn't like chapter 10, no big deal. I think look at it. But if six people don't like chapter 12, yeah. I'll go in and, you know, sums up. And if I can, you know, find common concerns or themes that they have, that gives me an opportunity to go in and you know, straighten things out. And again, you already know this, but when you're writing things, sometimes you get so close to the story, you can't see it. Oh, absolutely. Definitely at the end. And that's when you, as you Imagine you turn it over to your editor and then your, your editor breaks your heart by getting rid of some of your favorite scenes and leading characters and all that other good stuff. I think you really have to trust the eyes that have seen more stories than you and I will ever see. So. Yeah, well, I agree with that. That's an excellent idea about putting it in the hands of readers online. I mm-hmm. like that idea. I don't it- like the idea of put, giving it to friends who are close to me and they know me and it's just too personal. But uh, to put it in the eyes of readers or your fan base and get um, and get feedback, that, that's an excellent idea. I, uh, they've, they've been an immense help to me. I mean, uh, in my second and third books. And I normally thank them by putting their name in the back of the book when it comes out and Oh, gosh, that's fantastic. That's a great. Now, do you have um, an idea for your next book, which would I guess would be your fourth? Um, I've got my first book is coming out late summer in theaters called The Reason. And if we have success with that, I've kind of got some ideas uh, for a sequel to that. But right now, um, we're actually shoring up the screenplay for The Crown Lord. The book just came out. We've, We've gotten a few people's hands, but but that's always a journey. So we'll wait and see what happens. How about you? God, that's exciting. That's yeah. Ab- yeah that's yeah. exciting. See that on the screen? Yeah. <laughs> you would have to do a sequel for that for sure. <laughs> Keep it well, it's, it's interesting. We actually had an advanced screening, I don't know, about six months or so ago. And uh, I mean, actually being on set when the movie's being made, it's just phenomenal. I mean, the whole process itself, it's, it's partially terrifying because you have no idea, you know, uh, if you have a 400 page book, it's going to end up being a four hour movie and you got to knock a lot of that stuff out of there. You're always concerned what's going to be taken away or what's not, but I couldn't have been happier with, with the screenplay that, that they put out. And, uh, you know, obviously when you have actors, you know, they're, they're bringing your characters to life. It's, it's always a journey. And I, I was thrilled with that. It was great. Oh, that, that sounds absolutely amazing. Right, because once it goes out of your hands to a screenwriter, you really don't have control over what's included and what's taken out or how it's formed. Is that correct? Um, it just depends on you know how you work things out. I was fortunate to be uh, involved in that, and I had, did lots of you know, squawking and complaining, all that good stuff. But uh, again, just like having an editor you know, work on your, on your manuscript, you really got to trust the people that know what they're doing. At the end of the day, you know, I let a lot of things go and couldn't be happy with the way it turned out. Oh, my God. And when does that come in theaters, did you say? Um, we actually have a conference call today, and we're waiting for a couple other things uh, that are going on. So I should know probably within a week. It's been, we made the movie almost three years ago. We had a big problem with the beginning of the movie. We had to reshoot some stuff, remove some stuff around. But we finally got that taken care of. I'll be sure to go to that when it comes out. You better go. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> what are you working on? You got anything new or are you just going to be focused on promoting your existing stuff? Uh, well, I, the Bellman is a series, the Bellman and the Bellman Secret. So I will be starting my third book soon, very soon, probably within a month. So I'm really excited about that because I've been writing notes down, as I said, and, and I'm just looking forward to jumping back into that. Um, you, you know, you miss it. You need to take a break in between books. Mm-hmm. But, and as time goes on, you start to miss it. You just want to get back. You just want to get back and start writing when it's such a passion. Don't you find? Absolutely. Uh, dare I ask title possibilities for the next one in the series? Oh, I've written a few down, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> You're going to leave us hanging? I can't, I can't share that yet. It's a secret. <laughs> <clears throat> How about character? How about characters following through from the first book, the second book? Obviously, it's the moment, but is, do we lose anybody in the first book? Oh, yes, we did. We okay. did. We, lose, we lost people in the first book, and we gained people in the uh, from the first book, sorry. And we gained people in the second book. More international uh, people in the second book, mm-hmm. because I lived around the world, and I wanted that international flair. And as well, we actually did have international guests. Um, yeah in the at the end yeah for instance in the first book i mentioned i can't remember what i changed his name to but it was mabutu came to visit us uh president of zaire africa years ago that was quite interesting when he brought his entourage of a hundred people in little bar harbor maine briefcases and briefcases full of cash you know like the eddie murphy movie coming to america case there was a coup well he was going to he was on his way to canada for um oh there was uh some big meeting there amongst the heads of countries and so he was on his way to canada and stopped through bar harbor on his way and we would get uh i can't remember which italian prime minister came through so we did actually have an international flair come through and i just um found it uh, a lot of fun to include them in the second book, you know? Uh Yeah. Cause as you said, uh, or as we said, we can go, we can go anywhere and we can include whatever we want, but there's always real truth behind what we put in there as well. What kind of change does the Bellman go through between the first and second book? Or is that a plot spoiler? Uh, Goals change or? He, he grows because he starts off very naive and um, he's always sort of bumbling, but he has a really good heart and he learns. And this girl that he's after makes him grow. And the second book has a rival, you know, a big brawny rival, which mixes everything up even more because you've got the craziness of the guests, the eccentricities, and the then you have the odd staff, then you have he's chasing this girl, and there's a big brawny guy in the way, and he thinks his life is going to be so easy, but it's not, as it isn't for most of us. You know, unexpected happenings, um, kind of smack yes. face, and that's just life, you know, it's a bit of a roller coaster. What Are you a reader? I am. What are you uh, reading or what, who's your favorite author? Well, I actually 
can't say I have a lot of favorite authors. And let, let me re let me rephrase it. Who's your second favorite author after William Searle? Oh, after you. Oh no, no, that's <laughs> right. No, you are my favorite author. You're everybody else is everybody else is tied for second. You're number one, exactly. I actually, funny enough, read a lot of nonfiction as well because yeah. I just like information. I'm a bit of an information gatherer. Mm -hmm. So I, I read both and I read everything, all sorts of books. It's not just one type of book I read. Um, just everything fascinates me. I'm interested and I can't get, get enough information about any subject. You know, there's just not enough time in the world. What about you? Um, you know, I kind of go way off my genre. My favorite author actually has always been Stephen King. Okay. And anytime he's got something that comes out of me, going way back to the Carrie days and the Pet Cemetery and the, the Cujo and Christine, stuff like that. Um, he's obviously, you know, ex expanded his, he's, you know, gone into so many different things, but I just I like the way he writes. Um, I think he's funny. I think his, uh, his stories keep engaged. And uh, I'm a big fan. So. Well, he, He's from Maine as well. I actually mentioned that in the in the first book because I spent mostly with summers because this was a seasonal property in Maine that I ran. I spent one winter up there and it was like the shining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was that spooky and uh, I thought, okay, I think I'm just going to start coming back in the summers. One winter was enough for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's uh, he's fantastic. Oh my god, incredible writer! Yeah, they're getting some weather back there right now, aren't they? I believe so. Yes, yeah. like the Midwest all the way through the Northeast is like uh, it's it's a warm day if it's above minus twenty right now. I think for the winter. Mm -hmm. it's, I avoid going up there this time of year. Actually, my favorite time of the year in Maine is the fall. When the leaves change, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it. It's so invigorating. It's just stunning, all the different colors. And the wetter weather. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you, you said it's been a while since you've been back there? Yeah, I have not. I can't believe it. I've just been so busy. Uh, I have not been back there until two weeks before I moved to Dubai, which was probably eight years ago. So I'm way overdue for a visit because I summered up there ever since I was little taught. So I have to go up there because I do have friends and know people. And um, so it'd be pretty exciting going up there. It's big. Now you're, life. You, you traveled a lot, obviously, as a child. Your dad was a big wheel in the Navy, correct? Right. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah, he was a submarine commander. In the Navy. Nice. He's probably got a few stories, eh? Oh, absolutely. He's he's up. He's actually buried in Arlington National Cemetery. He was up for the Congressional Medal of Honor a number of years ago, but it was a Cold War, so he was instead um, decorated with two medals of honor. So um, was a career Navy officer for twenty five years. Nice. You're figuring out how many states you've been to with him. Oh, God. Oh, I can't even think how many states I've lived in, how many countries I've lived in. I would actually have to write them down on paper. I've lived so many places. That seems like that would uh, have both pros and cons to it. But I think having the opportunity to see the world, particularly as a, as a younger person, would be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I look and I know people lived in the same 
um, city or town for their whole life. And I think, oh, that's so nice because you get to know people, you have a community. Uh, there's a lot to be said for that. But I do also, I'm very appreciative of the fact that I have moved all over the world and seen so many places and met neat people all over. And that's why it just makes me realize, um, you know, that we are all pretty much the same with the wants and needs and everything. And I just find it fascinating talking to people of all classes, whether they are working on this, you know, uh, a street sweeper or, you know, the president of some company. It's just nice being able to talk to different people and in, in their environment. But I also see the beauty of staying in one place. But I'm, I'm grateful for my life, the way it's turned out. I, perhaps, perhaps Heidi Barnes has a story in the future about a, a young person that travels the world. Maybe. I haven't thought about after the Bellman series. I haven't thought about what I, I'm going to write. I mean, I, a, a few thoughts have swirled in my head. And I have a lot of information to pull from. So I'm not sure what direction I'm going to go in. Perhaps the Bellman goes abroad? Maybe. Actually, that's not a bad idea. That would continue the series in a different way. Well, how, do you, how can listeners learn more about you? How can they contact you? What type of social media are you on? Well, I'm on Facebook, uh, the Bellman series. I also have a website, Heidi-Barnes.com. Um, and what about you? I am at williamsearls.com. I'm on Facebook at William Searles. I'm on Twitter at William Searles. And we are about out of time. Okay. Well, it's such a pleasure talking to you, William. Always great talking to you, Heidi, and I hope to see you soon. I hope so, too. Take care. You, too.